0: Today, I am going to ask you some questions. To these questions, there are neither right nor wrong answers. Rather, the answer itself provides us with insight into your own understanding, your realization of the way. My name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo, The Martial Way. And today, we shall discuss koans, Zen's answerless questions. Zen koans often come in the form of questions, statements, or short stories. Koans are not so much a formal test in the idea of there being a right or wrong answer, but instead we are able to use these as tools. In the Rinzai tradition of Zen Buddhism, koans are often given to students to meditate on, sometimes for days or weeks at a time. It can be used as as a focus of our concentration through which we may find ourselves guided toward new or deeper understanding. Koans are also useful in teaching us to become comfortable with the unanswerable, content with simply not knowing, which helps us to develop balance and equanimity in this unknowable reality in which we live. So let me give you a couple of examples of very short and very famous koans which you may have heard before. What would you say if I were to ask you, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Or I may ask you, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Let me tell you a story that I think really highlights the practice and value of koans. It is said that there was once a monk who invited two of his students to his home for tea. As the two acolytes arrived at his house and sat down, the head monk's wife prepared tea and snacks for them. The monk took from his robe a fan. He held this fan and asked his first student, what is this? The novice monk replied, "'It is a fan.'" Okay. The monk turned to the second student and asked the same question. The second student did not reply to the answer directly. Instead, he reached out, took the fan, opened it, and began fanning himself. Okay, interesting. At that moment, the head monk's wife arrived with tea and cakes. The monk took the fan back and asked his wife the same question. What is this? His wife also did not reply verbally, but instead she took the fan from him, closed it, hit him on the head, opened it back up, placed a cake on it and offered him the food placed carefully atop the fan. So what do you make of that story? What do you think of their actions and responses to his question? Here's how I see it. He asked the first monk, what is this? And the junior monk responded, that is a fan. Very clear, very direct, a very logical and reasonable response. And perhaps the answer most people would give, but all he provided was the name of the object, a label to a form. There's no real depth to that answer. The second monk did not respond verbally. Instead, he decided to show the teacher the essence of the fan. He took the fan, opened it, and began fanning himself as if to say, I won't tell you what this is. I will show you what it is. The action, the purpose, the content of the fan beyond words or forms, which is interesting, certainly. But what's really interesting is the wife's response. She also does not respond with words, but how does she use the fan? She folds it up, hits him on the head with it, and then uses it as a plate to serve the food on. Why is it that a fan must be used to blow air on ourselves? Who set the rule that this is how this particular object must be used? It's just a thing wood and paper, a dog or a flower do not recognise the fan as an object of utility. It's simply a thing. So with her response, she saw beyond this predestined idea of what a fan should be and simply used it as a thing. And maybe we could also interpret that she was saying something like, stop asking stupid questions and enjoy this cake. So let's return to one of those previous questions. If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a sound? What is your response? Yes, it does make a sound. Well, certainly you would be correct from a logical scientific perspective. Yes, it would make a sound. Or maybe you said, no, it doesn't make a sound. It could be argued that reality is based on perception. If the sound is not heard, then it doesn't exist. We could even take that further and give the answer, what tree? Or maybe some enlightened soul would answer the question by stepping outside, digging a hole and planting a tree. So now do you understand how Zen koans may be used in Zen, the private meeting between teacher and student, guru and shisha? In these meetings, a teacher may often ask a question and then clap loudly in your face. The idea is to shock you, to empty your mind for a brief moment and allow you to answer spontaneously because these are not questions that are meant to be answered logically. You cannot or perhaps should not arrive at an answer by reason and intellectual deduction. These questions are meant to be answered from a deep, subconscious part of your mind, naturally and without any prolonged consideration. So now let me leave you with a final koan, something for you to consider to meditate on. And when you have an answer, please be sure to tag me on Twitter. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And so I ask you, what is your original face before you were born? A short one for you today, short and sweet, truly in accordance with the Zen practice. I hope you found that interesting. I love Zen stories and koans. They usually contain some interesting lesson to ponder and are often delivered with a kind of dry wit you will find characteristic of Zen monks. As I said before, if you have any response to the koan I posed at the end, please drop me a comment and let me know. I'm considering it myself and it is a tough one. Next weekend, I'm going to Osaka for three nights with my wife, so I won't be recording for a week or two, but I will post some photos on Twitter, so head over and have a look at WayBudo. Until next time, keep doing what you're doing, and let's finish this year strong, because those on the way become the way.